You're listening to the Harbor Worship Center podcast with Pastor Mike Saint. For more information about the Harbor Worship Center, please visit us at harborwc.com. Enjoy today's message. We're going to have a super service, a man as well as Super Bowl today. I uh, I was thinking about 1987-88 when Mike and Kelly went through the internship program and they learned what to do and what not to do from me. And uh, it is a joy to be with you. 1988, we left that church and went to Guatemala as missionaries. Took our kids. We had a nine-year-old son, a six-year-old son, and my wife had our little girl just six weeks before we went to the field. And so we took our kids, left home, left family, and went to serve the Lord in obedience to the calling that God had placed on our life. And uh, we're so excited. During uh, a number of years, we built churches and, and started churches and uh, built clinics and, and uh, built Christian education buildings. But about four years ago, God began to deal with my heart about something. I'd seen pastors in Guatemala who are members of our particular movement that literally didn't have enough to eat, literally live in houses where you wouldn't even put your dog to live, whose floors are dirt, whose houses are such that the wind and the cold, because believe it or not, most people think anything south of the border is hot. But where we live at right now, it gets down into the 30s at night. So it gets cold, even to freezing sometimes. And there's no heat. We have no central heat uh, or air in uh, Guatemala. And so these pastors, with their children, small kids like your kids, uh, are suffering. And God began to deal with me about ministering to these men and women of God. You know, they're on the front lines. Your pastor's on the front lines. He is fighting spiritual warfare, not only on his behalf, but on behalf of you. Many people don't realize how much a pastor, the time he spends carrying the burdens of people in the local church, and at the same time carrying a burden for the community to see people ministered to and brought into the kingdom of God. God began to deal with me about reaching out to our pastors and alleviating some of the suffering that they experience. And I just believe that as we do that, that God is pleased with what we're doing. And so uh, November the 14th of 2012, we returned to Guatemala with the burden of helping our extremely poor pastors improve their living conditions. Exactly one week before we got there, there was an earthquake, a 7.4 on the Richter scale earthquake. And literally thousands and thousands of homes and businesses were destroyed or damaged to the point that they could no longer be used. And 16 of our pastors lost their homes or had them 
so severely damaged until uh, it was impossible for them uh, to habitate uh, in that house. And so God began to deal with me about helping them. And so with God's help, April the 2nd of this year, just a few weeks, we will be building our 12th house for the glory of God for our pastors. Amen? Your local church has been instrumental in two of those houses. And I want to tell you something. A church that's involved in reaching out to those who cannot pay them back is a church that is blessed is a church that God has his hand upon, is a church that is a healthy church, and it's a church that's going to grow and move forward in the kingdom of God. And I believe that's happened right here. I, I, I know that the hard work of your pastor and staff and the people of this church has, has uh, contributed to the growth, but I also believe that as you have ventured out in a world vision, to not only reach Camden County, not only reach Kingsland, but to reach around the world. That God has looked down with favor upon you, and that because of that, you're seeing increase on every side. Would somebody just give God praise? Amen? Hallelujah. Now, I tell you, there's no greater blessing than to be able to say, you helped somebody. When I die... Now, I hope that's a long ways away. But when I die, if they'll just put on my tombstone, he helped somebody. That would be the greatest testimony to me. Because Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, you have done it unto me. Amen? And so what a privilege it is to reach out, to be a blessing, and boy... Your church has sent two great teams down and uh, to, to build and to not only build, it's not just a matter of coming down and working and sweating and getting dirty, but also the testimony. When people in these communities see a bunch of gringos come down and they say, what in the world are these Americans coming down here for? They can't speak our language. They look different than we do. They talk differently than, than we do. They don't eat the same foods that we eat. By the way, we've got some folks in these groups that are really good at hiding food. Where's Beth at? She's an expert. She can make food disappear. She's a magician. Because any time they put anything out there and she didn't want it, it, it was gone. I mean, sleight of hand. But they see these people come down and do this and they say, Wow, you know, there must be something to this faith that these people have. There must be something to the love that they express. It's not just a show. It's not. They're not coming down here because they're going to get something. They're coming down here to give. But I guarantee you, you talk to every member of those two teams, and they'll tell you the same thing that every team that comes down to work with us says, I went down to be a blessing, 
but I got a blessing. I came home with a blessing. They blessed me more than I blessed them. And what a partnership that is. What a privilege it is. Before I go any further, let me share with you just a little advertisement. You know, you can't watch TV without an advertisement. We have coffee from Guatemala. Excellent. It's fresh. It's better than what you can buy here. Coffee you buy at the grocery store, no telling how long it has been harvested. No telling how long it's set on shelves before you buy it. But this is fresh coffee from Guatemala, and it is excellent. It is so good, it will make Juan Valdez jealous. I mean, it's good. And we have it available. You say, well, it looks like it's a little high. Well, what we do while we're in the States, uh, we provide this for an offering, uh, and it helps us to be able to travel and our expenses while we're here in the States. So it's $25 for a pound, and, of course, you get the beautiful little handmade, typical Guatemalan bag that comes with it, or you can buy a half pound for $15, and all of this goes to to our ministry to help us while we are here in the States, while we're traveling here. Plus, you get the enjoyment of some great coffee, and we have both ground and beans available. So after the service, uh, if you'd like to go by, we accept cash or we can take credit cards. So either way, and uh, we would uh, love to accommodate you with that. If you have your Bible, turn with me, and if you don't, I think they're going to put it on the screen. Isaiah 58, and we're going to be reading a number of scripture this morning because I believe that's where our foundation and our faith is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so we need to get all of the Word into us that we can. That sustains us when we're going through the rough times, the difficult times of life, the Word of God in us is what gives us the faith to keep on keeping on. Amen? This is a time of year, and I don't know if you participated, and it's a wonderful thing. Jensen Franklin, I think, was uh, one of the main ones who uh, started the custom of each year in January having a time of fasting. And many, many churches... Uh, do that this time of, of the year. And uh, I agree, it's wonderful. It's a great thing to do, a great way to start the year off. But I found in the scripture there are different kinds of fasting. And here in Isaiah chapter 58, we find something really interesting. Here we have a question. Isaiah 58, verse 6 through 8. Is not, this, or is not this the fast that I choose to lose, loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it? Verse 8, then shall your light, because this is what happens when you do verse 6 through 6 and 7. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. 
your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. In other words, when we fast in helping those in need, those who are hurting, those who have need in different areas of their life, then God is saying when you've done that, then the light will break forth in your life. It will be like dawn. It will be a newness, a freshness to your life. I don't really believe you ever have to get old. I know you get old physically, but I believe your spirit can always stay young as you reach out and minister to the needs of others. And I believe that one of the great elements that's missing in the lives of so many people in our country today is the fact that we have preached faith. We've talked about faith and how great it is. We're not saved by works, the Bible says, lest any man boast, but we're saved by faith. But then the writer says, if we have faith, we will also have works. Because when you go out in a little rowboat, if you only have an oar, one oar, you go around in circles. So if you only have faith, then you go around in circles. If you only have works, you'll go around in circles. But whenever you have faith with works added to it, then that's when you make progress in the kingdom of God. And many, many people today, many, many churches have forgotten that they not only need faith, they've got to have the works that go along with it. The works are the proof that you have faith. And the scripture tells us in 1 John 3.17, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Now, the old King James says uh, that we shut up the bowels of our compassion. How dwelleth the love of God in us? Now, I'm going to tell you, we understand there are many people who have needs today in the United States. But until you've gone to a third world country, you really have not seen poverty. In this country, you can be poor and still have a color television. In this country, you can be poor and still have a car, you know. In this country, if you're poor, you can find some way for somebody to help you. There will be a church, there will be the government, somebody. But when you're in Guatemala, many of the churches are so poor, they can't help anybody. The government doesn't help anybody. So you're like a little lady that I see in my community. And she's pushing a wheelbarrow. And she's very, very old. She lives in a little lean-to that somebody allowed her to build right up against the wall of their house. She has no running water, no bathroom, dirt floor, abject poverty. Nobody gives her a check each month. But I see her out picking up sticks and putting it in that wheelbarrow. And I, I, first time I saw her, I went and talked to her, and she said, yes. She said, I'm picking up these sticks to build me a little fire to try to cook a little something. I went home and got everything I could get out of our kitchen and took it to her. And every time I see her, 
immediately. I head straight to my house to get food to give to that lady because if somebody doesn't help her, she doesn't have any help. She, she's not able to work a job, and, uh, and, and she's elderly, and abject poverty. And I see that even among our pastors because many of the churches are, are made up of very, very poor people. They'll bring, uh, maybe bring potatoes to church to give to the pastor, maybe some rice, maybe some black beans, maybe some corn, something like that. But as far as monetary means, they just don't have it. And so as we reach out to these pastors and to the poor, I believe God smiles on that. I believe God is pleased with that. When we help somebody, Brother Sains, they can't come to your church. They'll never put a dime in your offering plate. They'll never pay tithes. They'll never do anything physically to come and help your church. But as you reach out to them, I believe that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you and this church that you will not be able to contain when somebody just praise God. Hallelujah. And then in Philippians 2 and 4, it says, Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says it's more joyful to give than it is to receive. Isn't that neat? Wow, what a feeling of satisfaction when we help somebody else, when we bless somebody else. God is that kind of God. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. The very nature of God is to give. And when he comes into our lives, he gives us that kind of nature. To want to give and to bless others. And to see others receive the blessings of God that we have had. Hebrews 13 verse 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Wow! You mean that's in the Bible? Yes, it is. James 2, verse 14 to 17. Look at it. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or a sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food. And one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? Amen. Well, I know you're hungry. Be fed. I know you don't have adequate clothing. Be clothed. Peace to you. Go on. I'm going on about my business. I want to tell you, God wants somebody that will be like He is. That will be moved with compassion. When He saw the great multitudes, they had no direction in their lives, that they were hungry, that they were needy. The Bible says He was moved with compassion. 
That's what God's looking for. He's looking for men and women and boys and girls that will have a tender heart for others. It's easy to say, well, they deserve that. But except for the grace of God, there go we. You were born in a land of plenty. You were born in a land where provision is made in one way or another. But you could have been born somewhere else. You could have experienced what they experienced. And I just believe with all of my heart that God wants us to reach our arms of compassion around them. And as we do it, what a blessing we then receive. Proverbs 19, 13, it says, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. <laughs> you want some good interest? It's not in the stock market. Start giving. Start blessing. Start reaching out. And God will bless you. You say, you, are you saying that if we give, we'll be rich? I'm telling you, if you give, you'll be rich in faith. I'm telling you, give that God will provide all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And His riches have a never-ending cycle. They continue to give and bless us as we reach out to others. I'm originally from South Georgia, been gone a long time. I grew up in Tallahassee, but I know enough about ponds. If you have a fish pond, and it only has an inlet, water coming in, but there's no water going out of it, eventually that pond becomes stagnant. It gets old green stuff on it. It gets all kinds of old moss and stuff growing on it. But if you've got a healthy fish pond, it's got something flowing in. It's also got something flowing out. Guess what? It's the same way with us spiritually. It's the same way with a local church. You know, there are some churches that say, hey, we want you to give, give, give. But they do nothing to bless their community. They do nothing to bless people around the world. And as a result, you know what happens? They get stagnant. They have church problems. They're fussing and they're fighting and they're splitting and all kinds of things going on. But show me a church that says give. And if you can get it to us, you can get it through us. And we'll be a blessing in the kingdom of God. And I'm so glad to announce something you already know. The Harbor Worship Center is that kind of church. Would you give God some praise in this house? Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 22, verse 9. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. Mark 10, 21. I know this isn't popular preaching in a lot of places because a lot of people just want to tell you that if you'll uh, uh, donate money that uh, God will bless you and you can drive the best car, live in the best house, never have a problem. The only problem with that is Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome 
the world. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed for he shares his bread with the poor. Mark 10:21. Listen, this scripture is classic in the Word of God. Remember the rich young ruler comes to Jesus? Remember that? He comes and he says, Jesus, I've kept the commandments. I've loved God with my heart. And I've followed all the teachings of the Word. And Jesus, looking at him in Mark 10, 21, looking at him, he loved him. And he said to him, you lack one thing. Can you imagine? Only one thing. Go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. Now, Pastor Tyson, are you saying we need to sell everything we got? Give it to the church or to the poor? No, I'm not saying that. Jesus overemphasized this to this young man because, you see, he had great faith, but he had no works. And so Jesus is saying to him, your faith is great, but you have no works. And faith without works is dead. And, and I want a living faith, don't you? And Jesus is saying that to this young rich ruler. Ephesians 4, 28, let the thief, I love this, let the thief no longer steal. That's a good verse, isn't it? But rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to build a mansion with. No. So he may have a large bank account. No. So that he can drive the most expensive automobile. No. It says, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. God blesses us to be a blessing to others. 1 Timothy 5, 8, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. That's why I believe we should help our pastors. They're part of our household of faith. These are great men. These, these teams that have come down, Pastor saying, you've met these pastors. They're humble men. They're men that, that are, are fighting the fight of faith. They're a blessing in their community. Uh, they're leaders in their community. But they just don't have uh, the, the, the little push, the little help that helps them to be able to rebuild on. One of these homes that, that your church has helped rebuild would take them many, many years to be able to build. You don't go to the bank and borrow the money. There you pay as you go. And they don't have a lot of money, and so it would take them many, many years. But thanks to you and your wonderful hearts, you've been a blessing uh, to help with two of the houses up to this point. And we're looking forward to you coming again with another, number, another team. And I hope... Those of you who haven't had that privilege uh, get to come on the next team. Listen to this, Matthew 25, verse 44 and 45. And, and they will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick 
are in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it unto the least of these, you did not do it to me. When we help Pastor Bautista, when we help the different people and reach out to them, we're not just doing it to them, we're doing it to Jesus. Wow, makes me want to shout, glory to God. Amen, what a privilege it is, amen, to reach out and to be a blessing to others. You may be here today and you may not understand a thing that I'm saying. You may not be born again. You may not have come into a relationship with God. And, and I think so often uh, of believers even that have faith but no works. And I thought about how many blessings they miss out on. You know, there was a man many, many years ago who wanted to come to this country from Europe. And in that day, there were no airplanes. He took a... He finally saved up the money and bought his passage on the ship, got on the ship, and he took him a little bag of cheese and crackers. And his idea was, I'll eat cheese and crackers. I don't have money to buy any food, and I'll do that till I get to the United States, and then I can work there. And so on this trip, every day when he was hungry, he'd eat the crackers and cheese. And... He walked by this place on the ship, and he'd look in through the glass windows, and inside the room, there was banquet tables. They had fried chicken. They had ham. They had bread. They had all the trimmings. They had a dessert table. And he'd go and he'd look in that window, to the point that saliva was coming out of his mouth. He was looking, oh, it looks so good. Go back to his room, and he'd eat cheese and crackers. The last day of the trip, he was standing looking in that window when a gentleman in a uniform that was from the ship come by and said, come right on in, sir. He said, Oh, no. He said, I, I don't have any money. I can't go in there. And the man said, Sir, when you paid your passage, it included all the food that you could eat. A lot of Christians are living beneath their privilege because, yes, they've made a statement of faith. Yes, they've accepted Jesus as their Savior, but they've never made Him their Lord and never have said, All that I am, all that I have is yours, Lord. I don't own anything. Everything i got belongs to God. That's why it's so easy to somebody. It's because it's not mine to start with. Every thing I have is a blessing from God. And it's easy. If He can get it to me, He can get it through me. And I can be a blessing 
to somebody else for the kingdom of God. Thank God for what this church is doing in your community and what this church is doing to reach people around the world. This morning, I want to ask you if you would like to participate along with us. You see, we're not paid by a a budget somewhere where uh, they've got plenty of money and they just write us a check every month. We raise every penny that that we receive. And, of course, a lot of people think, well, the mission field doesn't cost you anything. But... It's just many things are just as expensive, and some things are more expensive. Right now, gasoline's a whole lot more expensive there than it is here. But uh, uh, rent, uh, other things that we had to raise our budget, and we were the very first ones with Church of God World Missions to have to do that back in 1988, whenever we left the Forest Street Church of God, where Brother Mike was there with us, and we. Uh, went to the mission field, we had to get out and raise our budget. We're still having to do that, and as you know, times have changed. So uh, we have to occasionally visit churches, and we ask you to partner with us. And this money goes into a budget for us, and out of that, we're paid on a monthly basis to be able to rent a house and to buy food and pay electricity and all the things you have to do in order to be there, to be able to coordinate and help in doing the ministry that God has called us there to do. So hopefully you have a, uh, a little faith promise card. We don't call it a pledge card because a pledge is what a, a drunk makes when he says, I'm going to quit drinking. This is a faith promise card. This means, as God prospers me. In other words, that's what you're saying. As God prospers me or blesses me, I will endeavor to give this much. And we need monthly uh, supporters. And here on this, if you would like to fill one of these out, it already has our name and it has our uh, number, which is this number. Notice it's 0001. We were the very first ones to ever have to raise our budget in the church of God. And uh, we're still doing that as we work for the Lord. Uh, when, when Mike knew me way back in the day, he and I both had plenty of hair. But times have changed. But we're still working for the Lord, aren't we, brother? So if you would like to fill one of these out, let me explain to you quickly if you have it in your hand. If you don't have one, raise your hand and uh, an usher will bring one of these to you. They have plenty of them. If you do not have one of these and would like one, just raise your hand up, and they will get one to you very very quickly. Right up here at the top, it has amount given today. You can fill that in. You can either give cash or a check, and, of course, put today's uh, date right there, uh, uh, February 7, and then your name and address and so forth there. It already has our name there with the number. And then right down below it says the amount selected below will be paid. And you can do it weekly, monthly, or yearly. Or if you've already filled one of these out when we were here a couple of years ago, you can just check renew. And then come down and it has amounts that you can give, 5, 10, 20, etc. And uh, or if it's a different amount than what's on here, you can check other and write it in. Now here's a neat thing that 
that I really like, and I think a lot of people really like, if you use credit cards a lot. Church of God World Missions has never had a breach or a problem with uh, people using credit card, and it's for one year. So at the end of the one year, they don't automatically renew it. They will contact you, and if you would like to renew another year, you can do so. If you say no, then don't worry about it. It's not going to be renewed. It's not like some things. You've ever seen things pop up on your, uh, on your billing statement. You say, wow, what is that? And it was something you bought a long time ago, but they automatically renewed you. That does not happen. You can uh, check there what kind of card it is, your card number, expiration date, and sign it. And then put the name of this local church. And if you have a prayer need, you can write that in. These will be prayed over in Church of God uh, World Missions. And uh, that's basically the way you fill this out. Does anybody not understand or anybody have a question about Did I explain it pretty good? And uh, if you'd like to just give one time, you can just do that one time. Just one time gift. You can do it that way. Uh, and if you say, well, Brother Tyson, I, I don't have uh, any cash today, but I have a credit card. If you would like to give something, we'll be outside with the coffee, and I have the capability. If you'd like to give something today through a credit card, you can do it. You may be able to do that here in the local church. I don't know. Uh, but uh, in any case, uh, I can do that. I have the little square thing, and we can do it right there and have a receipt sent to your uh, email address or, e or either texted to you so that you'll have a receipt in that way. So uh, uh, we appreciate anything you do. And let, let me uh, real quickly, I just feel like the Bible says give honor to whom honor is due. If you came to Guatemala and were there on the first mission trip with us, would you come up here real quick? Come on, run. If you came to Guatemala the first trip, I want you to come first. Some of you have been on both trips. If you were on the second trip, come on up also. Everybody that has been to Guatemala, I just want them to testify that I'm the greatest driver. <laughs> Let's give these folks a hand. Amen. There's two trips that I want you guys to do. I understand you have some medical people. We want to get a medical trip uh, lined up and have you come down on a medical team sometime. And then also to build another house. How many people would like to come on a mission trip if you possibly can the next time? Raise your hand up real high. Wow. See, you almost have enough to do two trips there. But, hey... God blesses. Mike, has God blessed your church as part of missions is a, is a part of it? Absolutely. Uh, i never forget when he asked us to try. And I thought to myself, man, to raise $10,000 for this building is going to be crazy. And God helped us both years. And we come back, and within um, just a few weeks, we were setting tithe record breakers. And we set, I think, four that year after we went the first time four tithe record breakers just a matter of fact this month january was 
the latest tithe record breaker, actually. And so God has just really blessed us, and um, it's incredible. Praise God. Come on up here, Brother Mike. I, I'm going to thank you so much. Listen, these guys will testify. What a great time we have. Uh, blessing, blessed by doing for others, and how close everybody gets together. You know, you go to church with people for a long time. Sometimes you just see them, you know. But when you go on a, 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 a trip like this together, or I'd say when you get in small groups like you have here, what a difference it does. You bond with people. And it's a great blessing. Uh, it, it's a joy. But uh, yeah, this is your spiritual leader, the spiritual leader of this house. I'm going to turn it over to you to receive the offering and, and, and do everything with that. Thank you so much for letting us come. We love you. We feel like we're a part of you and a part of this church. Thank you and God bless. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at harborwc.com.